We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Tony, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good, guys. How you doing? Doing really well. And uh, you definitely have a show today for sure. And the, the Red Sox and, and, and Chris Sale. I mean, Chris Sale, if you look back, you know, starting in, in August... Uh, there's just too many of these games where he he melts down seven earned runs six earned runs a, a, a five in in his one of his last starts against Toronto and then you get what you get yesterday hey what happened to this guy so look to me it's pretty simple if you look at his history coming here he fades a little not a lot a little in August and September he's six six he's rail thin I mean, the guy's 180 pounds soaking wet. And the Red Sox didn't manage him properly. They knew all of this. They built a team for October. They've had pitchers like this in the past who weren't the biggest guys in the world, like Pedro Martinez, and they managed them during the course of the year so that they'd have them ready for October, and they didn't do that with this guy. So it's easy to look at his first playoff start and say he melted, but the reality is that, as you said, this problem started in the middle of August, and he hasn't had two good starts in a row, I think, since August 13th. So you go back to that, you add in his history and everything else, I think they ran it into the ground. I think it's that simple. Well, Tony, you have Pomerantz going uh, today, and he's 17-6 on the season. Has he faced the Astros previously? No, they had a season-ending series with them. And Keiko, uh, has he faced the Red Sox, uh, Red Sox as well? So um, Pomerantz has faced the Astros twice this year. He's pitched well against them both times, and most recently – he was on the mound when the Red Sox clinched the division against Houston. It was the final weekend of the season. And uh, it, the game didn't mean a lot for Houston, but it did mean something to the Red Sox. They were on the verge of, you know, bringing it down to the wire. They were at the Yankees. They were basically five up with about two weeks to go. It got down to up two with two days to go. And Pomerantz went out there and pitched well against them. Um, the Red Sox haven't faced Keuchel since the beginning of last year. So, you know, he's been kind of all over the map the last three seasons. Good, bad, good. They caught him in the bad year. They did knock him around. I personally think they can hit Keuchel. And as much as they took a beating yesterday, I felt from the beginning they needed to get one in Houston. So if they get one and they come home 1-1, they're fine. But this does put uh, put some pressure on Pomeranz now. And, you know, I would imagine John Farrell will empty out his bullpen. And, and look, guys, just as a quick aside – this Red Sox team, this Red Sox nucleus, is obviously very different than the one that won championships from 2004 to 2013. You've got a whole new group of different players here and a bunch of young guys. Last year, they got swept in the first round. This time, they opened by losing 8-2. to They've been outscored 23-9 to in the four postseason games that they've played. And some of these guys have never won a postseason game and... They have not held a lead in the postseason since the first inning of game one last year. So there is now a question, I think, about this nucleus as to whether they can elevate when it's time to elevate. It sounds like they're cooked, according to you. <laughs> I mean, at this point, do you have any faith that they're going to figure this thing out? Well, look, sometimes people ask me, you know, am I a glass 
half full of glass, half empty kind of guy, and I'll tell you there's nothing in the glass. That's sort of my, my <laughs> wow. feeling. Wow. But they look, there's ability on this team. There are shortcomings. They don't have a real true presence in the middle of the lineup, which made the decision yesterday to start the series with Hanley Ramirez on the bench all the more curious. He's wow. the most dangerous hitter in their lineup, and everybody knows it. They are capable of beating good teams when they're focused, when they're playing to their capability. But if you go back to, the again, last postseason, this team hasn't played to its capability in a really big spot in a long time. And, uh, you know, and a lot of us need to see that. So, Tony, you, you mentioned Ramirez. Who else can, can be a catalyst for this, this offense? Is it Ben Intendi? Uh, He's been uh, hot most of the season, come up in big moments, especially against the Yankees. So I think they got some guys that can be a catalyst. But when, when I, you know, Mookie Betts is a, can be a dynamic player sometimes. Uh, uh, ben Attendee, certainly. Uh, Bradley and Bogarts have some ability. But, but the problem I have with the Red Sox lineup is that I think all of those guys can be pitched to. Even, even Betts, who is as good a player as he is, he does not have the kind of opposite field power that strikes fear in a pitcher. So when Mookie Betts steps into the batter's box, you say, well, okay, I'm going to throw him off speed away, and the worst he's going to do is hit the ball into the gap. He's not going to hit it out of the ballpark. And I would say the same to Ben Attendee. If you look at how Justin Berlander pitched Ben Attendee in the early part of that game yesterday, fastballs away, almost as if to say, if you hit it, I know you're not going to hit it out of the ballpark. I'll give up a single, I'll give up a double. I'm not going to give up a home run. Hanley has opposite field power. Hanley can drive the ball out of the ballpark, and we all know he's a head case. We all know he's got a major motivation problem, but his postseason history is good. They didn't start him for whatever reason. And then Eduardo Nunez couldn't get out of the box in his first at-bat. Hanley got in and doubled and singled in his first two at-bats. So I I just think the Red Sox are overthinking some of this, even on a management uh, level. But they need Hanley's thunder. They need his presence in that lineup, and hopefully, hopefully they've awakened to that reality. Gio and Jones with Tony Maserati from 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston, co-host of Felger and Maz. Uh, I don't want to project this far ahead, but if the Red Sox do end up losing this series, where is this on the massive disappointment scale in, in Red Sox recent history? Well, so I don't know that I put it up on the level of, of some of the great disappointments in Red Sox history, but because I, I think a lot of people looked at them and said, Cleveland's a better team. I think Houston's a better team. So to me, it almost has less to do with the, the result than it does how they perform. And I, again, I thought yesterday, whether it's the start, starting pitcher's fault or anyone else, they wilted. And they've wilted now basically in four straight postseason games going to the beginning of last year. They just they, they can't get to that. They can't get over that hump and elevate. So I start looking at the construction of the team, and I start saying, how do you change that? So if they get... Uh, destroyed here in the first round. Are you asking me, could the manager be fired? My answer would be yep. Hmm. Uh, is the GM going to get fired? My answer would be no. But I think the bigger question is, how do they alter the core of the team? Because it, it doesn't feel like a lot of these guys have much higher ceilings. And that, that, and that to me, is, is the bigger problem. Uh, I would, you know, if I were them, I would take a good hard look at trying to get someone like Giancarlo Stanton in the middle of that lineup, especially now that the Yankees have a guy like Judge. Judge has changed the landscape of the American League East, and he's changed the landscape of the American League. So, Tony, heading into the trade deadline, who were you and others that watched this team so intently? uh, intensely? Who were you clamoring for the Red Sox to try to add to the mix? 
Well, so the trade deadline is a little bit of a different question, and I'll tell you why. Because I think we all got the sense that they weren't going to go over the luxury tax this year. It was pretty apparent early on that they weren't going to do that. So a guy like Stanton was out. They weren't going to go make that deal in the middle of the season, and that's a hard deal to make in the middle of the season. So I personally was looking for them to add bullpen help. They did that with Addison Reed. And Nunez, when they picked him up, really did inject some life into the lineup. All of the, all the moves they made at the deadline, given what we knew and given the fact that they weren't going to go over that luxury tax, were good moves. They, they did a good job at the deadline. I'm telling you, their problem in terms of power and presence in the middle of that lineup is more of a long-term issue. They have a longer-term issue there. And that was true, I think, even without Aaron Judge becoming the force he became in New York. So it's an even bigger issue now. Who's the MVP, Judge or Altuve? To me, it's Judge. I, I just think it's when you look what he did for that team, you go to the uh, months of July and August here when the Yankees went cold, that's when Judge went cold. And so, again, I think a lot of people thought the Yankees were going to be competitive this year and pretty good. The fact that they won 91 games and then played into the division series, to me, was a direct reflection on the fact that Aaron Judge turned into a monster. And that lineup completely changed because of him. All right, the Patriots uh, get a victory. Do you feel like they have filled or fixed the holes they had in the defense uh, on the heels of that win last night in Tampa? <laughs> I know you'll find this shocking. But <laughs> would you be surprised if I said no? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, look, they played better last night. I thought Tampa Bay was terrible in that game. It was your typical Thursday night product. Uh, Jameis Winston, to me, looked awful. Just there were throws there to be made. He didn't make them. That said... The Patriots' defense played better. It looked like they were in man-to-man for much of the night, and I think Stephon Gilmore did a good job on Mike Evans, all things considered. And they, they've, uh, Gilmore has been a huge problem here in the early part of the year in the secondary, and so they've had all types of communication breakdowns, all types of mix-ups, and they have not looked anything remotely like a Bill Belichick team, not even close. Now, last night, they're on the road Thursday night, no Gronkowski, a defense in turmoil, a Tampa Bay team with good skill position talent, all of that, and they come out of there with a win, so I give them all the credit in the world. But it's not, it's not something that gets fixed in one night. Step direction, and now at least they get another 10 days off here. They uh, regroup, sort of start uh, building something bigger and better for the long term. And the next game should be played. They're home against the Jets. It, sh- it should be easy. Uh, but then the week after Atlanta comes in, and again, some good skill position people, a good quarterback, and, and that one should be a good test. We should get a better idea, I think, of week seven. Gio and Jones with Tony Maserati. What about the offensive line? Looks like Brady's getting hit more than he has in years. Uh, is it something that's fixable, and are you concerned about Brady? Oh, I think everybody here is concerned. Uh, he's already been sacked more times this year than he was all of last season. Now, he missed the first four games at the beginning of last year because of suspension, but even so, the uh, the number of hits he's taken is off the charts given what the Patriots have, have, you know, how they've protected him in the past is probably a better way to say it. So, to me, one of the big elements here, the line's been bad. The left tackle, Nate Solder, is not playing well. Uh, Marcus Cannon, the right tackle, when he's been in there, hasn't been as good as he was last year. Last year he was sensational. They're also getting beaten on the interior. But I, I do think this is one of the real losses of, or one of the real, um, you know, real detriments of the loss of Julian Edelman. 
Edelman is such an integral part of that offense, and what what he does do is allow Brady to get rid of the ball very, very quickly. I mean, if you look at the Patriots' offense historically, the ball's out before anywhere anyone can get near Brady. They, they've never had what I would call a great offensive line like the line Dallas had last year where they could just completely dominate the line of scrimmage and run the ball down people's throats and let their quarterback sit there. But they've had an offense where the quarterback gets the ball out quickly, makes good decisions, and you can't get to them. Now the offense is a little different without Edelman, and Brady's getting hit. And if they're not careful, look, last night, I don't know how much of the game you guys were able to see, it looked like there were a handful of times where Brady was a little slow getting up from the turf. Mm-hmm. And it didn't look that way in the first four weeks. It's starting to look that way a little now, and I'm wondering if those hits are starting to take their toll. Yeah, he probably needs to eat more nightshades and, and, and change his diet, right? Add those strawberries yeah, I back think to the diet. Well, more avocado ice cream might help, too. <laughs> there you yeah. go. You, you have I a mean, sense? You know, we, we always joke about that. You you can eat all you want. It, it's not going to do much for you when Indomitian Sue is stepping on your head. No, <laughs> uh, 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 this is true. Uh, Gronk, any sense of how long he's going to be out? Was this just a one-time deal? They wanted to protect him on a Thursday night and give him 10 days to get better for the, the next game versus the Jets. So I, I think we were all a little surprised by that because uh, given the short week and the, the relative importance of the game, for you know them facing a 2-3 and three record, for Gronk not to play, I think, caught us all by surprise. So I, I would hope he'll be back in there for the Jets game. They said a thigh injury. So I don't know whether that means a Charlie horse, a quad, a hamstring. You know, that the, the Patriots can be as vague as anybody when it comes to the injury report. But I, they're going to need Gronkowski, especially with Edelman out. And I think they missed him last night in the red zone. The Patriots don't get in the red zone and get one touchdown out of three or four trips. They usually punch those things in. Gronk is a huge weapon down there. They, you know, again, they clearly missed him last night. They need him on the field. So given the hole, they've dug themselves here in the early part of the season a little bit. I, I would venture to guess they're going to want to get him on the field as much as they can. Tony, thanks for the time this morning. We appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a, a good one today, and I do catch you guys from time to time, and I always enjoy the conversation. We appreciate it. Guys, anytime. Believe me when I tell you, it's not as bad as I'm making it sound here. <laughs> it's hard I mean, to tell. <laughs> but, but, you know, these teams, uh, these teams here are capable of more. They're capable of more than they've given. We're a little spoiled up here, don't get me wrong, but they're capable of playing better than they've played of late. Yeah, and and that's I'm sure that you reflect that those takes reflect the fans that'll be calling the show today. That's for sure. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Tony. Thanks again. Bye bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.